Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Generation Ag, our second episode for 2020. You've got Kayla today and I'm excited to bring you an episode with the lovely Jamie Nykeel. Jamie is a 23-year-old who was born and raised on the Gold Coast in Queensland. She moved to Western Australia a few years ago to study animal science and animal health at Murdoch University in hopes of becoming a veterinarian, a dream that she had had since she was a little girl. But Jamie's whole career trajectory changed when one day she decided to take a chance and apply to go on sheep camp. These days, Jamie is a passionate agricultural advocate and loves getting stuck into topics around animal welfare and agricultural policy. We also hope you'll join us in congratulating Jamie on her graduate role that she'll be starting in just a short week, week and a half over at the Federal Department of Agriculture in Canberra. We cover a lot of great stuff in this episode. So without further ado, let's jump in. Here's Jamie. Um, So Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You are so kind for coming to us after your busy day at work (laughs) (laughs) in your non-air-conditioned car. (laughs) Don't tell people that, I sound poor. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get that fixed before you head across um, to Canberra, but we will talk about all of that later. I'm super excited to have you on because... Um, you know, we hear all the time this misnomer that agriculture is dying and that young people aren't coming into ag or don't aren't interested in coming into agriculture and are in fact moving out of the industry. And I'm keen to have you on because you're kind of the opposite of that. You sort of can highlight for people how um, that's not necessarily always the case. And um, so we like to start all of our podcasts, well, I do, the same way, and that's to ask, who is Jamie? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would probably say I'm a country girl trapped in a beach girl's body. I grew <laughs> up like on the beach, but I was always a little bit of a redneck at heart. Um, I like to think I'm a bit of like a Salvo's rag bag, I guess. I'm a bit of trash and treasure, but I'm a kind of a mixed bag. I like a bit of everything. Yeah. I like a bit of a sponge. I'll soak up anything and just I like to jump in and just say yes. So yeah, I think that's probably how I ended up here in the first place. <laughs> Just uh, one door opened and then I was here. Yeah, amazing. So um, for our listeners, you're not from Perth? No, I'm from the Gold Coast. So I lived on the Gold Coast for uh, 19 years and moved to Perth. Um, Born and raised, my house is still 900 metres from the beach. So I don't think I'd really seen a cow. I grew up riding like horses and had my little saddle club phase like everyone did. (laughs) Wanted to be a vet, but that was about the limit of my agricultural knowledge. It came from the supermarket and... That was as difficult as it got. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, it's nice to have a fellow uh, Queenslander on the podcast. So shout out to all of our uh, maroon bloods out there. <laughs> yeah, everyone always says, "Oh, this podcast is so West Australian," but uh, we've got our fond fond roots over the there on the East Coast too. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, you started talking a little bit about coming from the Gold Coast. So can you tell us about your childhood? What was it like? What's your yeah. family like? Yeah. Um. So yeah, my house is literally less than a k from the beach. I went to a school that offered surfing as a subject. I was Mm -hmm. in the kayaking team. Um, It was very 
didn't wear shoes. You literally just went to the beach before or after school, during school. Everything was revolved around the beach, literally as Gold Coast bogan as you can kind of get. <laughs> and it was just like, it was fun. Like, I love it. And I do love back home. And we were, I was quite outdoorsy as a kid. My dad's a recreational fisherman. So we're always fishing and going outside and like always going to the beach. And yeah, I rode horses a bit. So everything was, I wasn't really like, I wouldn't consider myself a city kid Mm -hmm. growing up. Them to me were like the kids in Brisbane and they're like, you had to catch a train and it was like concrete. And I didn't really like that. We're a bit more Mm -hmm. um, like we've got waterfalls and rainforests. So we had a lot of that and we'd explore all that and then go to the beach. And it was different sort of outdoorsy. It wasn't really outback. It was like, yeah, tropical. Mm -hmm. And that's what we like. We loved. We were little curly haired, tanned, blonde kids running around. (laughs) Yeah, just different. But I loved it. It was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's amazing. How many siblings do you have? I just have a younger brother. So it was just the two of us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was a bit of a tomboy growing up. We used to always run around, play sport and everything. Gold Coast is pretty big on sport, as like a lot of Australian cities are. So we all grew up playing sport, playing music, Mm -hmm. just getting outside as much as we could. And yeah, I wouldn't take it back. (laughs) So you play the violin, is that right? Yes, I'm a violinist. And not a half bad one, I hear. I get the job done if I practice. (laughs) (laughs) And that's from your dad? Um, It's actually from my mum's side of the family. So I inherited my grandmother's violin. And um, so then my mum had it and it's like my heirloom, I guess. And I've picked it up. But my family are quite musical, Mm -hmm. I'd like to say. But yeah, I've picked up the violin. I've been playing, oh, we'd be approaching 20 years now. Wow. So yeah, Yeah. It's, it's like my vice my baby <laughs> I love that like surfer slash yeah. violinist <laughs> every kid's played violin in school some of us just no I got the bloody recorder and, and my poor oh mother I can't imagine what that was oh like for her. don't worry bad violin sounds just as painful <laughs> yeah. it's a dying cat regardless <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I taught that for a little bit um it's like I started like I, uh when I first started working I, my first job was at McDonald's and then I was like teaching violin and like tutoring maths on the side like every little nerdy school kid does so mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah my childhood I was a bit of a loser <laughs> <laughs> so you did like well at school yeah I tried really hard in school because I always wanted to be a vet so yeah. it's like I wanted I was a bit of a geek in preschool wanted to be a paleontologist and then found out quite quickly in grade one that there's no job opportunities in that so wanted to be a vet after that I think I've always had an interest in animals whether they were dead prehistorically or <laughs> for meat production now so that's kind of just stuck through and always wanted to be a vet dr harry was i think my idol and <laughs> had all the little vet kits and everything so yeah just stuck through that and did like tried really hard just to get into vet that's amazing and then failed <laughs> <laughs> well it's really hard to get into isn't it super competitive and i think that was one of the reasons i ended up pushing me away from it in the end mm-hmm. it's you kind of got to be realistic as well mm-hmm. it's ridiculously hard to get into and that's why i moved over here to, i thought wa people won't want to get into vet <laughs> i'll move to perth went to murdoch and everyone's like i want to be in vet yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> what have i done yeah like literally hundreds of people trying to do the same thing literally it's so competitive it's so cutthroat and it's a different entry requirement than say like medicine it's um you don't really have an exam it's all gpa and experience based Mm. which is quite hard Mm -hmm. if you haven't grown up around animals or anything like that so it's a bit difficult but yeah i didn't get there and that's okay (laughs) 
So did you apply to go to uni over east um, and even like some sort of entry pathways over east before coming to Perth or? Yeah, so um, I did a gap year, mm-hmm. um, did a bit of travelling and then I'd been accepted into the University of Queensland in the Brisbane St Lucia campus. Um, I didn't get the requirements to get straight into vet so I was like I'll do um, a year of science, did a year of biomed and I was going to transfer across from there. Um, but the veterinary campus is located at Gatton which mm. is kind of near Toowoomba so it's a little bit inland and I wasn't 100% comfortable moving away from I think like the beach because that was like my kind of comfort yeah. spot and that was what reminded me of home and then I fell in love with a boy and he lived in Perth and then I checked out I'd over here on a visit I checked out Murdoch and so I'd heard about the vet um, facilities at Murdoch University heard they were really good had a good reputation and so I thought well if I've got to move anyway for this boy I might as well move where there's a good vet campus and a vet school so I moved that was like the main driver so I just like I'll finish my year at UQ do my year of bachelor of science in biomed mm-hmm. and then got accepted into animal science to then hopefully transfer across to vet so I moved at the start of 2016 now mm-hmm. yeah You've been in Perth a little over three years. Yeah, so to finish my degree, did my whole degree here. Yeah, essentially. So. so, did you just do animal science? I did a double major in animal science and animal health, and yeah. then I basically minored in microbiology and mm-hmm. um, uh, microbiology and pharmacology. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of units in that disease and drug interest was quite I found that quite interesting mm-hmm. so and that was that sort of a carryover from the biomed yeah from the done? biomed side of things so like the epidemiology and all that even I thought this was fascinating and I thought if I got into vet I'd probably look at like disease like mm-hmm. epidemiology all that disease prevention and everything and then we yeah we you have to do units in that anyway in the veterinary or animal science degree so that really like kept my interest up for that and I basically just did all the microbiology microbiology units you could mm-hmm and just loved it so I if I didn't do an animal science degree and if I had to take back I'd probably do a degree in microbiology mm. I absolutely love it so interesting some people like disease <laughs> <laughs> it's a niche market <laughs> yeah. no well good on you that's really um I mean everyone's got to find something that um I guess really I guess yeah you can nerd out about mm. and I think that's awesome that that's what it is for you so you, how did studying animal science looking to become a vet turn into you know the sort of pathway that you're on now yeah so agriculture kind of just came up out of the blue I think most of us from a non-rural background don't see vet as an ag science degree Mm. and so I didn't expect animal science either to be agricultural based and then I was quite shocked like oh yeah I guess we have to learn about large animal but I didn't realize we'd be learning about food production systems and then you kind of when you're trying to get into vet you try and do as much work experience as you can wherever and they advertise of this Sibby sheep camp I was like I don't even know anything about sheep like I don't even think we have sheep in Queensland I don't know if I've ever really seen a (laughs) sheep in person in my life so I'll go on the sheep camp because I don't know anything about it I'll just go in there and be like what the heck like Mm this will be fun and then I just loved it like I was like this is so cool and like I get really attached to things really quickly and I kind of just like fell in love with it and I was like this would be such a cool industry to work in they seem like like they're an animal that I feel like I don't know I just kind of clicked with it Mm -hmm. and the people seemed really relaxing and like the lifestyle I was like I I could live on a sheep farm after a day (laughs) (laughs) obviously I knew my future but yeah I was literally sold and then 
I didn't realize they were kind of monitoring the students and I was just in there like, okay, I know nothing. I'll just ask everything mm-hmm. that I want to know. Like there's no Google out here, stuff it. I'm just going to ask everything. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I kind of got selected as a top student that I didn't realize they were monitoring and then got like a bit of a scholarship money sort of thing. And then from there I got asked to be like an associate judge for the Merino section at the Perth Royal Show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't even know what like a merino was. Like, <laughs> yeah. I knew of like merino wool because I was a bit into like clothing. And yeah. other than that, I was kind of like, oh, okay. I didn't realize I was a type of sheep. And I met all these stud breeders that have obviously like it's been in their family for generations. Yeah. And he was this Gold Coast girl who didn't know what a sheep was. Mm-hmm. I think that was almost like comical, but they saw my enthusiasm and they just like, mm. they like took me in, like, mm-hmm. which was like an odd match up I guess but they knew that I was willing to learn and they were willing to help out with that so I was I'm really grateful for those Mm. stud breeders they were really welcoming and they just taught me all about the industry and we'd chat about footy and it was good yeah it was so much fun that kind of showed me not just what's in agriculture and like livestock production side of things it also showed me like the community spirit because these guys are stretched all over like say the wheat belt Mm. which I didn't even know what that was at the time but I was like, this is a large geographical location that these guys have all come from. They all know each other and they're still like friends. It's like a real big community thing, even though they're hundreds of kilometers apart. Mm. It's, I didn't realize like, it's such, we think of it as such a big country, but it's really not. Mm. It's like two or three degrees of separation when it comes to agriculture. And I was, I really respected that. It was, that to me was like that real Australian spirit that you hear in movies and everything, but you don't see it in a city. Yeah. That shone through and that kind of like got me hook, line and, line and sink. <laughs> That's amazing. When you can show people how you're enthusiastic you are and how hard you're willing to work, suddenly all these doors sort of open up for you and um yeah I think it's a real testament to yeah your I guess your drive and your motivation and your openness and your willingness to learn that you know you got that opportunity and then there's been several since so do you want to talk about some of the other cool things that maybe you've got to do um yeah so since then it's kind of just like like you said every door just started opening and I basically just tried to say yes to as many of them as I could I helped out at like the royal show again helped out at sheep shows just helped out with stud breeders If, if someone needed a hand on a farm I'd help out um, I did like the UQ business school and deeper sheep meat supply chain study tour, which was awesome because I got to meet different people throughout the industry. So kind of all started with sheep camp and now we were kind of going into like meat production side of things. And I've never been into an abattoir before mm. and I used to want to be a vegetarian at one point. So I was a bit nervous about that, but I walked out of that going, yeah, no, I'm happy with where my food comes from. Like I've seen what happens. It, to me, it seems really regulated. It seems ethical. Mm-hmm seemed sustainable and I was really happy with that and I probably went home and had a steak or something like I was fine like with it and I now knew the truth per se so I was really satisfied and that was an awesome opportunity and I started noticing through a lot of these events I was coming across the same sort of faces Mm -hmm. and they're sort of people now that I consider good friends Mm. and then so yeah all these like little tours popped up study tours I got a few scholarships just started putting my name out there as much as I could and then um, with uni I did a study tour to China like an agricultural study tour which was really eye-opening and that kind of was perfectly timed because a month after that I competed in the Lamex Young Guns competition and spoke about increasing abattoirs accredited to export chilled sheep meat to China Mm -hmm. so it lined up really well and I was 
I like to think I was quite lucky, but I did work pretty hard, but it was a bit of luck as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I did win the tertiary section. I was kind of just mind blown. And I think that everything had been like kind of like increasing slowly and that kind of just like exponentially like I don't know my name kind of just got out there a bit more and I like just my networking just shot up I just suddenly knew all these people from Mm -hmm. that and that was incredible I mean Lamex alone was incredible like I was standing on the stage that the top scientists producers people from like around the world were like just speaking on us kind of a little bit starstruck <laughs> <laughs> it was quite humbling yeah. but it was yeah that was awesome and I was pretty proud of myself for that one to think I didn't know what a sheet was three years before that essentially mm. and then to be on a stage accepting an award for that I was it was probably uncommon for a Gold Coast girl to be <laughs> doing because everyone at home was like what are you do with sheep it's a bit confusing and yeah mum goes around just telling everyone all this stuff about sheep and it kind of goes over everyone's head and I get a bit passionate about it too but yeah since then it's kind of that was really cool at the end of my degree and then at the start of last year I accepted a job um, in the Minister of Agriculture's office which was really cool and it's mainly like administrative work we help out with a bit of correspondence but to kind of see that political side Mm. I knew nothing about politics so it was another thing I just said yes to and had no idea what I was signing up for but actually grew a lot of my respect for the government like departments and politics and how it where like even just your tax goes and how things work from a political sense and how yeah I'm a lot more respectful and I appreciate voting a lot more Mm -hmm. and little things like that or actually a pretty big thing but that's been awesome and another awesome way to see throughout the industry because it's not just livestock or sheep for, like we're dealing with all of agriculture yeah. and then she also uh, my minister's also the minister for regional development so I've learned a lot about rural communities places mm-hmm. I didn't know existed northern yeah. WA coming from Queensland and yeah. I've been able to go out to places that wouldn't have been able to see just because of that exposure and uh, yeah it's been a fantastic stepping stone mm. into what I'm doing next so that's exciting. Yeah, what an incredible sort of, I guess, three years you've had. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> you've it probably, was like a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, you've probably jam-packed into three years what most people would hope to fit into ten. And yeah, I think I want to get grey hairs. <laughs> it's been a bit stressful, but it's also been so exciting. And it's like you kind of look back on it and you're like, oh, my goodness, I've been busy. Yeah. I think I'm used to working like almost seven days a week now. And mm-hmm. you kind of look back and I spoke at uni to some of like the younger students. I said, you kind of just got to if you don't come from an ag background, you kind of do need to put yourself out there a bit because people don't know you and that's totally fine but you also need to show them the respect that you're willing to learn I said just sit down with them if they offer you a beer sit down and have a chat with them like Mm. most farmers are super cruisy and they literally just want to get to know you like they want to know about your background just as much as they want you to learn about theirs Mm. and then it's yeah you just kind of got to soak it all in and just say yes to every opportunity and see what happens and then before Mm. you know it you've been to five different study tours and everything sort of starts like puzzling together and it is exciting and you kind of just mm. got to jump out into the deep end a bit. Yeah. And it gets you places. So. Yeah. And as a quote unquote city kid, um, you know, you have a lot to bring to the industry as well. Like it's not just about what the industry can offer you. It's that you come with an inherent um, sort of belief system mm. and your own sort of understanding of how the world works. And yeah. for the most part, that's how 90% of consumers think is yeah, what I'm, you would think. I consider myself 
like I consider myself lucky because I think Jimmy Bidstrap was on recently as well and I was chatting with him and he said the same sort of thing. We kind of can see what a consumer sees while a lot of if you grow up in a rural background it's what your family's always done. That's all you know per se and I'm not saying they're not necessarily in touch with their consumer but mm. consumers are very can be very ignorant and yeah. we sometimes forget that and we like I remember my brother being in the shops as a kid and stopping and going wait a second mum is the chicken that we eat the same as the animal <laughs> like there's that complete disconnect yeah. like there's those studies like how many people think chocolate milk actually comes from brown cows oh, and I'm- it's a alarming percentage I've met someone like that I've met someone shout out to my aunt who probably doesn't listen to this (laughs) (laughs) but she used to date a guy who so he came out to the farm one time and he had a full-blown argument with my mum saying that chocolate milk came from brown cows and just like regular milk came from you know you traditional um like your jersey cows and oh and then skim milk came from skinny cows and (laughs) you try and tell him that he was wrong like he knew they and they think they know and yeah i used to think i know like i remember going in school we did this unit i don't know what the like we weird subject and we did this unit and it was basically on food like where food kind of came from and a bit it was more about sustainability and they encouraged us we had to make this meal out and source everything from the farmer's market. So we're kind of talking about reducing that like footprint and mm. kind of choosing to support local farmers, which was great. But then they in the same unit, they put on this Jamie Oliver video about free-range eggs and versus caged eggs. And I sat at the back bawling my eyes out because watching like chickens get crushed didn't really they didn't really explain it didn't really understand what was going on Mm. and I went home I was like never eating a cage egg again I'm going vegetarian like Mm -hmm. it was and I was full I'm gonna go vegetarian for a while mum's like I'm not making vegetarian food (laughs) so either you make it yourself or (laughs) you're toughening up and it's just like it's that you can't there's that kind of hippie pressure mm. and the gold coast is a little bit alternative like every yeah. time i go back there's more and more vegan cafes popping up and mm. i like to think we're too close to byron bay byron bay's got a bit more of that alternative <laughs> influence yeah. and it's nothing wrong with being vegan but it's kind of promoted as a cleaner cruelty free you're a more ethical person and if you how can you like animals like i remember people saying mm. to me you want to be a vet but you eat meat mm. like that contradicts itself but it doesn't but they, we don't know any better. Yeah. So you're kind of peer pressured almost into like having your meat-free day yeah. a week sort of thing. Well, it's and like this, you sort of cripple under the weight of like the social pressures mm. of, yeah, like, oh, okay, all these people are saying, you know, this is bad and caged eggs are bad or pig farming's bad. Yeah. And you're going, well, is it? I don't really know. So yeah, I'm just going to... you don't gonna... really know. And all you see is these gory videos the peer yeah. videos the and it's like the, yeah and the propaganda that's all on facebook yeah. kind of shoved in your face because the actual farmers are out working they mm-hmm. don't have time to do that <laughs> yeah and then that's all you kind of see and the gold coast is like i find every time i go back it's quite a fit place it's it's big on its fitness and mm. health and looks is quite a big thing on the gold coast which isn't a bad thing per se but everyone does want to look good they want to feel good health and fitness a lot of the cafes are quite green Mm. so meat is considered like kind of dirty and tainted it's not good for you per se Mm. so it's cleaner and 
better to be vegan or so it's told Mm. so yeah there's a huge peer pressure like you want to live on the gold coast and you want to be fit and healthy but you have a steak that's not very yeah like it's there's this weird warped perception and i don't think it's going away unfortunately no it's increasing yeah and i guess that sort of brings us nicely back to yeah how having sort of city kids coming into agriculture is actually so important yeah you need to like you need to have that perception of like all the different demographics that you're feeding so Mm. you need to be able to feed the country kid who knows where his food comes from and he wants good quality stuff and then you need to be able to feed the city kid who is quite conscious about the welfare and like the Mm. story that this animal the journey wants to know Mm. how is it processed it wants to know that like they're very big on their free ranges and grass fed and all Mm. that sort of stuff and they want to see this like kind of green Mm. product at the end so you need to be in touch to all that you kind of need to know what they want because at the end of the day if you don't cater to them you're not going to sell anything because they're where the supermarkets are they're where the biggest buyers are yeah and then that's where um things like yeah your peter videos or your dominions and that they really can just take off because there's not um enough ambassadors out there Mm. in the face of speaking the city consumer language yeah definitely Um, yeah so it's all well and good for us to be out there you know trying to create videos and do all that kind of stuff but um, I believe until we actually get on a level and not condescend to people and really be honest about what we're doing as an industry, yeah, like I can't, don't know how else to word it other than to be on their level and come yeah. at them at a position they understand. I think um, there's a, and like I've noticed this being in agriculture, I've started to see some really awesome stuff pushed out by people in ag. Mm. And I look at, say, their follower based on Instagram, and it's probably 90% other people in ag, which yeah. is cool. Don't get me wrong, but you're preaching to the converted. Yeah. And we post, we publish these amazing ads and we put a lot of money in advertising, but I feel like an issue with agriculture is we're advertising it back to the agricultural industry, mm. which I get, don't get me wrong, people pay lobbyist fees. They want to see where their money is spent, but we're not out in the street of the city. You've got the people promoting their vegan stuff, their anonymous masks. We mm. need the farmers also out in the city mm. with a stand saying, this is where your food actually comes from and doing that same sort of thing because I know farmers are often out rural, but you do need your ag people out in the cities promoting it mm. because that otherwise people won't hear about it. There's so much stuff I've shared and which would be common knowledge in the ag industry. Yep. And it's like posted by like MLA or mm-hmm. AWI, like big big agricultural companies and but no one who wasn't in ag they like aw what like, yeah what does mla stand for they don't yeah it's foreign to them so they're yeah. not going to see it they don't know about like what they these industries are doing for their carbon emissions they mm-hmm. don't see any of that and they but they see the negative side mm-hmm. that your peter groups and everything are posting so it's it's something that I think agriculture does need to kind of tap into more. It's so true. I, like I, I've just even noticed in my small friendship group of who mostly, actually probably half and half, like I grew up in the city and then half Aggies. Um, for, for my friends who have grown up in the city, just the, the conversations that we'll have and just offhanded things I'll talk about in my work day. And I'll think it's so normal and they will pull you up and go, what, what? what were you doing or what, what are you talking about? Mm. That happens. Da, da, da. And you actually got to remember 
um, yeah, city consumers don't know what they don't know. So they don't even know to ask the question. Exactly. There was so much stuff I had no idea about. Mm. And it was like, I was never surrounded by it. Like Mm. for a farmer or someone in a rural background, that's what you see every day. I was Mm. like, yeah. So it's a what? Like what's harvest? Like it didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that was. I just, you just don't know. Yeah. And it's like like you said, um, you know, if they don't even know what AWI is, how do they know to go to AWI's FAQs page on their website? How do they know that? And when you Google a lot of the stuff that they're looking for, the way they've worded it, you're getting your activist pages that are coming up straight away. It's not, it's not the people on our end, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's alarming because that's where they're getting their education from and they think they're getting it from a source that's reputable yeah but it's not it's not from like the field it's not (coughs) from people that actually work with livestock it's Mm. from these extremists and they make it they paint a whole different Mm. picture than well it's like for anything you know if you google you know can my mobile phone cause me cancer it will bring up every single study that says it can not the nuanced well-researched you know exactly unbiased fors and against it's just straight up yes it does yeah dr google dangerous <laughs> yeah. dangerous place it's always cancer yeah. <laughs> it's just dangerous yeah but it's the same thing this is like dangerous because it's tar- it's mainly the people that are sitting there going i love animals i'm not sure if i should be eating like meat mm. or not i remember literally googling those questions printing off pages sending them to my mum. Like, see, this is why I want to be vegetarian. This is why I want to be vegetarian, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. This is what happens. Like, this is what happens with the food we eat. This is, like, the real story. Mm -hmm. And they would have been on, like, websites that were, like, like animalsrus.com sort of yeah, thing, like that, really yeah. reputable science. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, but, like, I didn't know any better. No. But if my mom had let me not eat meat, I probably wouldn't have eaten meat. Mm. Like, uh, well, and what do you think the impact would have been for you now? Like... I, I don't yeah it's hard to, it's hard to tell like, I could yeah. have literally just not been like I don't want to go on a sheep camp yeah because if I'm a pretty passionate person if I had like stuck down that and started going down that yeah. route of supporting that lifestyle choice quite passionately and aggressively which I often do <laughs> I would have probably been like I don't want to go on a sheep camp why do I want to see these animals that get tortured that would have been my mindset probably yeah it would have put a whole front up to it I would have probably thought that half the stuff they were teaching me at uni was propaganda Mm. and I just want to get into bed that would have been my mindset probably so it would have been complete it would have been really annoying and sour it would have been it would have been I mean it would have been a shame for the industry because I think we would have missed out on you (laughs) but um that would have been hard for you at uni as well like because I think by contrast correct me if I'm wrong the Murdoch course is very farm focused it is very which is awesome yeah like it's now it's now considered an agricultural science degree Mm. but you used to kind of joke at the start when we'd do like a wet lab where you're dissecting an animal. If someone cried, it'd be like, oh, spot the vegan sort yeah. of thing. But I had a few friends that were vegetarian at the start of the degree and they graduated with me at the end. They weren't vegetarian anymore mm. because that, through like what they learn at uni and like livestock tours and abattoir tours, they were like, I'm actually, mm. I think meat production's done well. Yeah, because that Australia. animal science course is at its core meat production right yeah essentially yeah. and Murdoch has an amazing meat science team mm. a lot of research is put like they've got an awesome production science team and an awesome meat science team there's a meat lab on campus which I've helped work out and did a bit of um, honours work there as well mm-hmm. so yeah that it's a great uni for that would recommend it for anyone mm-hmm. but it is very different it's not 
like a biomed is to medicine mm-hmm. it, animal science does start to deter away from vet yeah and we do some units but it is more an ag science degree mm. it is technically an ag science degree which a lot of people don't know when they sign up probably 90 percent of animal science students are people trying to get into vet mm-hmm. and do you think um given would you if you had the chance to go into vet do you think you'd still be going down that path or do you think no the sheep in no offense is to, yeah no offense to vets yeah i have a lot of respect for them but I couldn't do it now. And I've done work in vet clinics before, but ag's kind of got me. Mm-hmm. And I know there's vets that do large animal, but I've kind of, I like for multiple reasons, the lifestyle of mm. um, like the fields I'm going down. And it's a bit more, I think, diverse. And I always, I did like vet because I always wanted to have a job where I felt like I was giving back. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with animal science going into agriculture, going into food production or whatever, I feel like I'm not I'm giving back, but I'm also like we're providing food for people not just in Australia but around the world and that's pretty cool. Mm. Like people want to talk about humanitarianism. That's that is being a farmer, you're a humanitarian. Yeah. Every day. And it's like I went to um, – I actually went to Malaysia last year for a, a UN humanitarian um, conference, like a young scholars conference, and everyone was up there talking about what we can do for the world and what we can do for this. And they were talking about oh, climate change is quite topical mm-hmm. and reducing emissions and all that and less meat. And I said, hang on a second, we're talking about fixing humanitarian issues. Yeah, we need meat and mm-hmm. we need to farm – more product like more sustainably and have better genetics and all that sort of stuff i said you guys have no idea Mm. if you want to feed people look at food science Mm. and ag science that is humanitarian there's and water issues like Mm -hmm. you're looking at the wrong degrees a lot of them are political science students lawyers and everything i said you haven't because they were like why is an ag science student here yeah i said yeah i feed people isn't that one of your issues here starving people yeah (laughs) Like, duh, it's pretty <laughs> – you break it down like that and then people kind of go, oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's – you break down to what a farmer is, is you're providing for the country mm-hmm. food. Everyone needs food. Mm-hmm. And there's people in the world that don't have food. That's an issue. Yeah. And Australia can help provide that. So yeah. tell me why – how my degree is not humanitarian. I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> go, you. Um, just for our listeners, this is the kind of a taste of the stuff you'll get from Jamie <laughs> Head on over and follow her. Keep on track of what she's she's up to. I, honestly, you're so honest. And, um, <laughs> it's a bit controversial. Who cares? <laughs> like, it's fresh and it's honest. And at the end of the day, that it's what our industry needs. And yeah, thanks. I, I get in a few fights, but I think it's always <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah, they're being a trailblazer. You're always <laughs> bound to encounter some roadblocks. <laughs> yeah, if they delete me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, what else? Do, I don't. I think we've like covered everything I wanted to ask you, except for the what's next part of your journey. Yeah, this is like the exciting. Oh, it's all been exciting, but this is extra exciting. So. In just over two weeks, I'm getting in my car with hopefully Ecom by then <laughs> and driving across the Nullarbor because I've accepted a graduate position with the Federal Department of Agriculture. It's so amazing. I was, that was kind of like a little dream job that kind of popped up once I started getting into ag and the government side of things. And I, it's, it comes back to that wanting to be able to 
give back and contribute on a large scale and federal government to me just I loved working with state government but the policies that I really like align with those disease management biosecurity Mm -hmm. food safety that's more from the federal portfolio so I'm super excited to get into that and kind of deal with ag on a national scale and then dealing with those international relations and market demands for overseas and everything which I've kind of had a taste through with Lamex and it's like such a big department like who I'm excited because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing there yeah we do like kind of have a bit of taste of everything and I know where I'm going to be in a year's time like I have no idea and that's that used to that would have made me have nightmares like three (laughs) years ago because I was such a control freak and now it's like more exciting than anything like in three to five to ten years time I probably would have I don't know it's going to be like it's going to be big (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be super exciting because it'll be just so different and I'm going to look back and be like oh my gosh look at all the weird stuff I've done Mm -hmm. weird as in it's just going to be so diverse and yeah and everyone back home is just going to be like, what the hell? What is she going on to do? And it's going to be, it's going to be cool. I'm really excited. And it's nice to go back to the East Coast. I've loved WA. Thanks for having me. But I'm an East Coast girl and I want to go back home to my yeah. family a little bit. Well, my camera's not exactly coastal, I know, is it? And I'm going to die in the cold. <laughs> Spot the Queenslander, the one with 10 jackets on. Yeah. That'll be me. Oh, the department it. girl dies from like... <laughs> frostbite yeah gold coast grad yeah <laughs> that'll be me <laughs> it'll be on the news for sure oh that's fantastic well I think we'll probably wrap it up here but before we do um where can the people find you if they want to get in touch or if they want to follow you on yeah say, Instagram I've or something? got an email I'm sure you guys will post it yeah like every young girl I've got every form of social media <laughs> so I'm pretty active on Instagram and Twitter yeah. you can see me fight vegans there <laughs> no I'm, I'm pretty talkative on twitter and instagram and yeah. i'm always i'm always keen to have a chat with someone and i like to meet different people from ag mm-hmm. it's always learning and i love learning yeah call me a loser but yeah <laughs> no we need more people like you well all the best for thank your you. job in camera excited to see what happens for you thanks thank you so thanks much for coming on me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.